What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Adults Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. We're so grateful to have you here every week, and we hope that you're enjoying the content and that it's helpful in all this craziness. Um, So yeah, welcome back. I am in my laundry room. Dina, you are in your bonus room. I sure am. I miss you. I want you back in my laundry room. (laughs) I know. I miss you, too. It is not the same. It's just not... For sure. Yeah. So um, we're going to dive right in today and get started. Today we're talking about defiance and disobedience and when kids just say no. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was an option for you to just say no. Uh, (laughs) And what do we do and how do we handle that? And I'm kind of excited, Dina, because I have a sneaking suspicion you and I are going to disagree a little bit today. I'm, and I'm looking forward to that because I always love when we get a chance to disagree politely. <laughs> politely Polite disagreement. Disagree. <laughs> exactly. One of the hallmarks of our show. Yes, indeed. So do you want to share your why? Yeah. I. This one's big for me. There's no question. And I do think it's partly where we diverge a little bit. But in our home, and as I've shared, one of our family values was even around this. And we had a family value about obedience to authority and So it was important to me to teach my children about how to respond when they're given an instruction. And I think, as I've said before, I'm a fan of both and versus either or. So I wanted my children to be able to respond to instruction politely, but I did not want to raise blind automatons. So what I mean by that is I do think there's families where obedience might be important to them, but it becomes almost a little bit like a dictatorship and the children are essentially just doormats. And that really isn't what I wanted for my children. So in my handling of things like backtalk or defiance or outright rebellion or refusal of a request that I made, it was really important to me not to squelch the strength of personality coming out in that while encouraging an appropriate response that ends up in what we called a cheerful response so that they could respond in a way that was pleasant and happy. So to me, that's very different than someone stomping off and going, fine, I'll do it. So we had a little bit of work to do. And there is some, I think, some nuance to that. But it is true that in our house, we expected things to be done in a, in a timely way and in a pleasant way. And so it was really interesting because I think we are you know, definitely different from your home in that way on the obedience piece, but I think different from a lot of other homes where obedience is important, but it's this, you just do it because I said so type of a thing. So really interesting. But that was my why is about merging the two essentially and having a polite and appropriate respectful response to adults while still honoring that ability to be autonomous and to stand up for themselves and things like that. So I'll get more into the nuts and bolts of that later, but Sorry for the long answer. No, no, I think it's a great it's a great answer and it's 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 so interesting because I do I mean we do disagree here like obedience just the word obedience kind of 
gets under my skin a little bit. And I know I can say that to you and, and you oh, know totally. that I mean that in, the, in a loving way. But I think that for me, it, it, it was really about wanting to help my kids walk the line between when do you need to respect authority and when do you actually need to challenge it? And what I think worries me about the concept of obeying as opposed to cooperating. And I think that's sort of how I think about it is it's like, I don't want my kids to be obedient. I want them to be cooperative. So if we as a family need to get something done, I expect them to cooperate and to be a part of that team. But I don't want them to ever feel like they have to obey. Like, I don't even like the concept of obeying the law, because let's be honest, there are some laws that were out there that should not have been obeyed. Slavery, (laughs) right, was legal. The Holocaust was legal, like all these things. So I wanted my kids to develop a sense of when do you actually stand up to authority? When do you actually say, no, my voice matters and it deserves to be heard? And when are you actually cooperating for the sake of the greater good? And so that was kind of my why and our focus. I I, I don't have particularly disobedient kids, but I sometimes think, and I'm sure this is actually where you and I are exactly the same, I think that's because they always felt really heard. And I'm sure I know your kids did too. So I think that when a child's voice is consistently heard and considered, they're just less likely to be defiant and to disobey because they know that when they speak, their voice is welcomed. And I know that was the case in your home too. Um, So I think that was, for me, it was like, I I wanted to develop a strong voice that they knew would be heard. And so I've never actually taken issue when they have pushed back or even been grumpy. I don't care if they stomp off and say, fine, they're allowed to feel grumpy. It doesn't mean I don't expect them to cooperate. (laughs) But as far as I'm concerned, you can feel grumpy about that. That's okay. I don't need you to be happy about it, but I do need you to cooperate and participate in our home. And that's nuanced. I mean, that, that is, that's, that's a fine line that, that I think my family is, is walking, but that's, See, I gave a long answer too. So it was interesting as I was hearing you talk because there's a difference in verbiage in in terms of obedience versus cooperation, but a similar climate. So I also want my children to have room to to feel things. And I also believe there's a hierarchy. So we actually taught our kids that if you're being asked to do something that you know is wrong, even if an adult is asking you, it's actually important to not do that. So there, I do think there's a lot of just layers to this. And so I, it was interesting as I was hearing you talk because I almost thought, oh, bummer, we agree again. <laughs> but, it, but it's true. I mean, it's true how many times the, the mechanics of what we do look very similar, even if we're coming at it really differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. So how, how did you, you know, deal with backtalk, defiance, you know, all the things that, that were encompassing today when kids, when your kids were just like, "Mm, no, (laughs) I don't, I don't think so. Not today, mom. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So we had a little, a little rhyme saying about our obedience that really helped in this way. So we said, uh, well, they learned to be able to articulate this. I taught them, of course, it was like, this is what we do. And then they learned it, but it was, we obey right away, all the way in a willing way. And so those three components dovetailed together. And so I'll just kind of talk about each of them and how we handled that while still not being an authoritarian military environment. So 
right away meant that I I expected not a lot of negotiation. Can I do it later? Unless there was a formal appeal, which we've talked about in another episode. But there's importance to proximity to the instruction. And so that we didn't want to end up, say, with adults, because I'm raising adults, who when their boss gives them a project that they're like, oh, I'll get to that when I feel like it. That there was this element of, okay, because of respect for who this instruction is coming from, I'm going to get right on that task. And then the second piece was all the way. So this means not doing like a shoddy job of something. So if I'd ask them to sweep the floor, it's not just pushing the broom around for a minute and then calling it good. <laughs> it's actually getting out the dustpan and making sure the pile gets put in the garbage and all of that. So doing a really complete and thorough job. And what was great about this with Defiance is that if we saw that or if they were like, I don't want to do it, and then they did this kind of poor job, they actually got to see in a very practical way that it was better to do a good job the first time because I would have them redo it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so it's so much a better use of their time. They can actually get back to playing if they do that good thorough job the first time. So that was the all the way part. And then in a willing way part was the attitude piece. And that is you are welcome to not feel happy about the instruction, but the way we conduct ourselves is with willingness. So meaning that we might have to talk later about, you know, mom, I really didn't like, and I have older, so of course we do talk like this now, but I really didn't like the way that you asked me that. You hadn't even said good morning to me first, and you came at me with a list of chores, and we might have to really break that down and have a conversation. And sometimes that's going to be really important on my part to hear some constructive feedback about how I went about that. But what I mean is that we didn't, in our house, allow for flailing and tantruming while a task was being done and that it was really important that we pulled that apart. There's room for how you feel about this. We're going to talk about that, but that the way you conduct, carry out the instruction should come with an attitude of willingness. Again, this is me thinking long range, an adult who is responding to, I don't know, a police officer, a boss, a civil maybe worker, something like that in a way that's really snarky with eye rolling and whatever, those those adults actually are viewed differently in the world as well. And I want to raise adults who are viewed positively because they are showing respect, compassion, politeness, and all of those things. So this was kind of from a very young age helping with that. So when I got a no or I don't want to or whatever, we were able to really break it down into which of these three pieces is maybe missing here. Is it the is it the timing piece? Is it an attitude issue? Or is it really just not wanting to do a complete job because they just want to get back to what seems important to them? And that was really helpful. And I'll talk later about the verbal stuff too, but that's just a jumping off point. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I love the I love the long range view, and I think that's really true. We don't want adults who like roll their eyes at a police officer. That's maybe not going to be such a good thing. Um, May not go well for them. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think on our end, for us, it was really the the proactive parenting piece. You know, we really tried to praise them when they were cooperative and when they were helpful and when they did something, you know, like, hey, thanks for doing that right away. I so appreciate it. I didn't have to ask you twice, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and setting up that you get this positive feedback when you participate in our home in that willing way. 
Um, in fact, I just, just this past weekend had this very same conversation. We had to clean our house top to bottom. Um, and the kids were just, they were just in it. They were like, yep, everybody has to participate right now. Like things are really intense. I'm on it. And they were really great about it. And I, again, I was like, I just really appreciate that you guys were so willing to just hop on board and participate in our home and, and keep it running. But when we've had the pushback, that's always been the way that I've handled it is reminding them, you know, everyone is involved in participating in our home. And just like you enjoy the fact that I wash your clothes and that feels good that you don't have to do that. This is what I need you to do to be a participant in our home. And that's really for our kids always been enough, like just understanding. And I think that's dialoguing such a huge thing in our family anyway, that the trying to get them to understand that that's, you know what, I can see why you don't want to do that. Let me help you understand why I need you to do that. Um, Because of that piece, and it sounds like we're aligned on this too, but I didn't want them to just like, mom said so, so I'd better. I wanted them to understand why I was saying so. It's not like I'm just having fun making you do stuff that you don't want to do. It's that there's these things in the household that take time and responsibility, and we all have to participate in them. Um, And then when if and again, this has very rarely happened in our home. And so I think for families that are on the front end here and have littles really leaning into that praise in the early years of really noticing and acknowledging when they're doing what you're what you want (laughs) to help foster that behavior to continue. um, I think that's really helpful. But then those times when my kids have pushed back, then it's back to that currency that we talk about. You know, it's like, okay, well, I understand that you don't want to do what I've asked you to do, it doesn't really make me want to give you your TV privilege when I don't feel like you're an active participant in our home. So I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to give you that if you aren't willing to do your part. And that's pretty much solved it every time. (laughs) Um, Currency is powerful. Currency is powerful, but also it's more than just taking away something they want because that's not what currency means. What it means is helping them understand that just like money is our currency as adults, right? If I have money, I can go get what I want. It's the same idea. It's like you have to earn that. And part of being in a home is earning your currency and being a part of our family and participating and cooperating in this way. So it's cool if you don't want to do that, just like it's cool if someone doesn't want to work a job, but then you're not going to have the money to go and buy things. Like that's just how the world rolls, you know? And so I think parents can set up that environment of a loving logical consequence scenario where it's like, hey, you know what, if if you don't want to do that, it's cool. But then you have to understand that that's how you get these other things. It doesn't just show up. You don't just get these things. They, they aren't just givens. It's earning it as a part of being in this family. Yes. And I loved what you said about talking through, you may not want to do it, but here's why I need you to do it. Did you listeners hear that important pronoun I that is so great as an FFP you'll want to be using your I very powerfully and very strongly so that you still leave room for your child because you're the one who needs them to do the job they don't see it as a need and it may not even be important to them and so it's important that we're very clear about here's what I need from you and not saying you need to dot, dot, dot. That is, that leaves room for them to be a person. And that is just, oh, such an important little difference, just that pronoun. But I, I wanted to just piggyback and mention it. So everybody caught that because that is an important thing to talk through. Here's what I need you to do. And anyway, so glad you said it that way, because it's just critical. 
the other thing that I thought of here as you were talking is for the parent who might, I mean, you're very blessed to be in a situation where really outright defiance or verbal backtalk just isn't super common in your home. But I know that for some families it is, and they're dealing with it all the time. And so I want to give an encouragement because we've even heard from parents who say, I really can't figure out my child's currency. Nothing seems to matter to them. And they're just constantly saying no. And so a, a couple things just to think about, and you can pick these up as tools in your tool belt, or you can dismiss them. It's totally fine. We're never offended by that. But one is it is worth considering. We like to give kids options for responses. And it's worth considering letting them know that in your house, maybe no isn't one of those choices. You know, you can say a lot of things to me like that doesn't sound fun to me, or I'd rather be playing, or is it possible for me to do it later? Or can I make a polite appeal? But no, a straight no, when I've given you an instruction is not one of your choices. And so that's something to think about as a family. What kind of verbal response are you maybe tolerating that you wish you weren't or that you've come to allow and have started to create a problem for your family? It's always good to look at what have I maybe been allowing that isn't serving us well? And it could be that no is one of those. Now, plenty of families feel fine letting their child verbally respond no, and they have different ways to respond to that, which is okay. But it is worth thinking about. Do you want to give your child maybe a basket full of responses that are okay when they're frustrated with an instruction, but maybe say that no isn't one of the choices in their buffet. So that's that's worth thinking about. And then another thing, I Kira kind of hinted at this too, that praise piece. Is there something you can praise even within a negative? So for instance, sometimes when my teens are making a very articulate argument for why they should not have to do something, or maybe why they'd like to go to a party or stay out late or do something that I initially said no to, I try to find the positive in how they're talking to me about it. So it, it may mean at the end of that conversation, I have to say something like, you know, the answer is still no, but you're doing a great job of expressing yourself. You know, can we find the positive in there? Because it's amazing what that does to diffuse a defiant verbal altercation almost if they're getting really strong with their words in a way that maybe is starting to not be respectful. It's amazing how we can diffuse that with some positivity in saying what's good about it. Wow, you did a great job articulating why you think it's a good idea. I still need to say no, but I just wanted to point out that was really impressive. It's amazing what that does. And you can start that really little. So with even young ones just saying, wow, you stood up for yourself so well there. I'm really proud of you. So just two things to think about that came up for me as Kira was sharing. Yeah, I love that because again, and I think this is what I'm trying to say, and it depends how far along you are in your parenting journey, how how effectively you can apply this. But I really think if you've created a home environment where kids feel um, comfortable using their voice, but also you have commanded a certain amount of respect just by being the parent, um, and you and you're balancing those two, you're just naturally going to see less defiance. It, it's it's just how it goes. And so I think that in those moments that you've just described, Dina, that's exactly what you're doing is you're continuing to build this relationship of trust and love and acknowledgement of like, not only do I hear your voice, but I actually really love how you did that. And I want to honor that and praise that. I still have to say no, but I think you're doing a great job at dialoguing with me. And that is going to let your kid know that they are being heard and noticed and seen. And that's just going to help build that, that relationship again and again and again. 
And I think absolutely what came up for me when you were talking is, and I love that you said this, and I, I would kind of encourage listeners to think about this. What are you actually allowing that you may not have realized you're allowing? Um, and I see this a lot when I'm coaching. I know you do too, where, you know, parents are like, well, I, I tell them that they can't do that. And I say, okay, well, what happens when they do that? And the parents say, well, nothing. And it's like, well, then you are allowing them to do it. There has to be a response from us as parents, because we've said this before, the absence of action is still an action. It still says something. So if you feel like you're getting a lot of backtalk and really sort of nasty, sassy words or just flat out refusal to participate in the home, you've got to ask yourself, am I... Am I giving up on trying to make that work? And if you are, then it's okay to, like we say, be the parent <laughs> and step up and be like, hey, that, this isn't working. Like I've noticed that you're refusing to do your chores and that doesn't work in this household. And, you know, moving forward, if you don't, then I love if then right? If you choose this, then you're also choosing this, which we've talked about before. Yes. And as parents, that's how you handle defiance. Kids continue to be defiant because there's no fallout for their defiance. There has to be a fallout. And every kid has a currency. The number of times I've worked with couples and they're like, exactly what you said, like, my kid has no currency. Nothing phases them. And when we get down to it, it's like, oh, no, there's currency there. They, the parents have just never considered taking that particular thing away. And that's something to think about. You know, is there something that you can really show your child hey, you don't just get this for free. Like absolutely shelter, food, love, clothing. You know, those are things that they need given to them because every human deserves that. But some of these fun things that kids do and that parents sometimes don't even consider taking away, it's like, why, why, why not? If their child is being defiant and not cooperating and not participating in your home, why should they get their video games? Because it gives you 30 minutes or an hour of a break. Is it maybe worth sacrificing that hour for yourself <laughs> to put a long range parenting goal in place of, hey, I actually want my child to learn to be kind and respectful and participate as participant in the home, et cetera, et cetera. So it's sometimes flipping that mental um, switch as a parent to go, why am I seeing this routine defiance? Is it maybe something I'm allowing? And how can I switch from allowing it to no longer allowing it in the home? Yes. And another thing, I, I'm glad you brought up what you sometimes see in coaching, where a family is having a struggle, but we're finding they're actually allowing something they've said not to do, but their behavior isn't backing that up. I think another one we see is a consistency issue where, oh, I tried that. And, and to just reiterate that trying something once or twice does not a parenting technique make. <laughs> so if you really are employing a strategy, it will probably mean employing it over and over and sometimes feeling like you're not gaining any traction until your family and your growing children realize, oh, this is how it goes in our house. And they're going to realize that that safe boundary is there every time they come up against it. And eventually it becomes a lot easier to respect the boundary because they know it's not going to tip over after one or two tries. So consistency can be really important with defiance as well, not just trying a bunch of things willy nilly and going, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. Most I'm going to be really bold and say most parenting techniques do not work the first time because your child still doesn't know whether you mean it and whether this is the new thing or just something you're trying. And 
in general, they're going to give pushback until they realize, oh, this is this is how it goes. And I can really trust that when mom or dad says this or that, they really mean it. And here's what happens over and over and over again. And guess what else that gives as a beautiful bonus that gives your child security? They're like, oh, mom and dad are the same all the time. I can trust them. What they say is what they mean. So helpful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the if, if listeners are struggling with this, you got to go in for the mental game of this is going to be hard at first. And, you know, Dina and I have never, ever once said we can make parenting easy. <laughs> no. We cannot. But we can make it easier to make the best choice, which might be a really hard choice. It is hard to reshaped a habit like this. If you have, you know, a, a situation in your home where there's constant defiance, constant backtalk, it's not going to happen overnight for you. But is it worth it? Is it worth, you know, a week, two weeks, maybe even a month of really, really sticking to your guns and being strong and saying, we do not allow that in our home. You may not speak to me that way. You may not behave that way, whatever it is. And again, I, I hope listeners are hearing even just between Dina and I, there's so much room here for you to figure out what that looks like for your family. Totally. It doesn't have to match Dina's. It doesn't have to match mine. You are allowed to go, how how much, quote unquote, pushback am I comfortable with? And that it's okay to, for that to be a huge range. But once you've decided what you're comfortable with, then you have to stick to that. And I would say any parent that's feeling overwhelmed by how much is happening in the home is probably allowing more than they're comfortable with. So <laughs> at that point, yeah. it's okay to look at it and go, am I willing to put in a few really hard weeks? And you know what? We're in an interesting time to be doing that because even though for a lot of families, they're more overwhelmed than they've ever been. You're also probably dealing with more pushback than you've ever dealt with. And this really is a good time. No one's going anywhere, right? So, <laughs> and our currency, boy, we really need our currency right now, right? <laughs> like kids are yeah. clinging to their TV time and clinging to their video game time, and they need that right now. So this is an interesting opportunity to really go, you know, we're home together. We've never needed a more cooperative home than we need right now. This is not working. And so some changes are going to take place. And as a parent to kind of dig into that for a little while and be consistent and see what happens. Absolutely. And I, I do have a quote today, but I have another do and another don't or another maybe try to avoid. And then I just wanted to piggyback on your currency thing. Also be aware, because this is my situation for some, their currency has been removed. So you are going to really have to get creative. I can't use social outings with friends <laughs> anymore. <laughs> right. Not a choice. So we've had to get really creative about what does it look like if responsibilities around the home aren't met, for instance, or if there is an attitude issue. The leverage that we used to have has really changed. I mean, the whole landscape is different. So just be aware. You may have to think outside the box and get creative or do something different. And it is important to communicate to your children that you acknowledge that it looks different and that it will go back when it can because I, I don't want them to think that these new currency things I've had to just create are are the new thing it's this is what we need to do right now but I do really understand that your social events or seeing friends or things that's what's really important to you and that's what you can expect once things look a little bit different so just an important note my and I love this because literally when Kira talks, I think of ideas and I think the same thing happens vice versa. But 
it's amazing because your wisdom just feeds other things that I think of. And I love that. So as you were talking, uh, uh, just a pitfall to maybe avoid and then a thought for a good do came to my mind. And the the thing that we, we do want to do is make sure we're talking back to that I in terms of what we will do and not do rather than engaging long term with a battle. We, we always want to avoid the power struggle. You've heard us say that before. And so it's important to use those I statements. Like, if you're choosing to speak to me like that, I'm going to go ahead and leave the conversation for a little bit. I'll come check back with you later. So you let them know what you're going to do and not telling them what they're going to do. Because they're, they're remember, we're not the boss of the words coming out of their mouth or their feelings, but we are the boss of how we engage with that. And so it is okay to say, I'm not going to allow you to speak to me like that. I'm going to step away from the conversation. So that's something I would encourage. Speak in terms of what you are going to do because you are in charge of you and there are pieces of your child you aren't in charge of. That's hard to hear, but it's true. And then maybe that pitfall to avoid is kind of the other side of this where we end up getting engaged in a verbal power struggle and it becomes almost an argument and a back and forth. Or I've also seen this happen where parents go to the side of lecturing. And now they're just having a long diatribe and they've lost their child 12 minutes ago. Their, gla- their eyes are glazed <laughs> over. They don't even know what you're saying anymore. And it's lost all meaning. It is actually much more powerful to, if you get some defiance and you've decided in advance on what that consequence is, say you're using a currency like screen time, you just deliver that consequence and you move on and you do it in love. You know what? I'm not going to be able to offer you your TV show today. And that is really a bummer. That's it. I love, 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 love that. And I hope people caught the eye. You're still in eye land. I'm not going to be able to offer you your TV show because that's exactly right. We cannot control what they do, but we absolutely control what we do and what we allow. And I think you're you're wonderful. I love you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Okay, so I have this quote, and it's so great because it comes down to what we're saying is that this is a big talk about boundaries today. I mean, Mm -hmm. what are you allowing? And that it really is important to set a tone that is super safe here, but also you you aren't going to speak in a way that's super disrespectful or things like that. But this has to come in an environment of love. And we say it all the time, not an environment of punishment. These are consequences. They're not meant to be punitive. So I just love this quote by Rebecca Eanes. Here's what it says. So often, children are punished for being human. They are not allowed to have grumpy moods, bad days, disrespectful tones, or bad attitudes. Yet, we adults have them all the time. None of us are perfect. We must stop holding our children to a higher standard of perfection than we can attain ourselves. I love that. Just such an important reminder. We all struggle too. So leaving room for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Leaving room for it. That it's like we need to create this environment in our home that's functional, that works, where everybody's equal participants, but you're also still allowed to have a bad day and a hard feeling and totally walking that line. Right. I love that. Well, I hope listeners, it's been helpful today when you're thinking about defiance in your home and back talk and all that, all those fun things. Super Um, fun. Super fun. Just want to remind you that we just released our Kids with Anxiety course and how to navigate that. So as we said, uh, you know, last time we talked about it, that that may be something that right now sounds like, no, no, thank you. Um, But it, it might also be something that feels really helpful right now. So if you go to our website, futurefocusedparenting.com, click on the online courses tab 
tab, it'll take you to all of our online courses and you'll see it there. So if that's of interest, do check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Future Focused Parenting. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do hit that little subscribe button. And thank you so much. We look forward to being with you again next week. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room, partially in Dina's bonus room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening. <laughs>